0: you've found us. Episode one of the new series of Rocket Fuel. Rocket Fuel is the podcast series where we interview people that have affected youth marketing or youth culture. This series, we've got a bit of a focus on social action, as well as looking at youth culture and youth marketing at the intersection of technology, media, and marketing. Our first guest this season is Harriet McCulley. Now, she is the B2B marketing manager of Student Beans. And if you don't know what Student Beans is, well, you haven't been a student for a very long time. So let's get stuck into the conversation. I started having a conversation with Harriet about how she ended up being a marketing manager I also discussed with her the importance of authentic brand communication when talking to Generation Z. And we concluded by asking Harriet McCulley of Student Beans for her Rocket Fuel. So Harriet McCulley, thanks so much for being this week's guest on Rocket Fuel. No, I'm very happy to be here. Harriet why don't you bring to life your journey for us so far? Where have you been and how have you ended up at Student Beans?
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah. So um, I guess going back to uni, I graduated uni in um, media and comms. Um, I actually specialised in journalism, funnily enough. Um, I feel like a lot of people in marketing took the journalism route and then kind of discovered different channels. Um, so, yeah, I was I was going to be a journalist. You know, um, I went to Birmingham uni had lots of internships at the Birmingham Mail, um, absolutely loved it. Um, But I guess in my first year, I basically discovered kind of PR and comms, um, which I think gave you kind of the opportunity to use those copywriting skills, be creative, but it also allowed you to work with those big brands. So um, I essentially went into digital marketing um, after I left uni, started in quite niche, like digital PR, Um, link building, kind of SEO, um, all of that sort of stuff. Um, And then moved into content marketing. So again, kind of go hand in hand. Um, but I was always agency side, always working kind of for different agencies in and out of London. And now I work in events marketing and social media um, for Student Beans. So, um, an in house role, my first in house role um, so far in my career. But I guess I've always been quite driven and, and obsessed with this concept of being a T shaped marketer, which I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but essentially it's someone. Somewhat... I'm not. Tell me about that.
0: That sounds <laughs> fascinating. That sounds like a really good takeaway for both us and the listeners go on a t-shaped marketer
1: yeah so essentially it's someone who has kind of a deep understanding of one area of marketing so that's like your downward t and then across the top you've got a broader understanding of like a few related areas so um it can work for anything to do with digital marketing Say your your niches maybe SEO, and then you've got kind of spam knowledge across PPC and page and and all of those kind of things. So, yeah, that's something I guess I'm aspiring to be and progressing further towards in my career. But, yeah, that's a, a whistle-stop tour of, of my journey to date.
0: Nice one. And have you always been entrepreneurial? Is that something that's uh, always happened or...?
1: Yeah always I think um, yeah I'm, I'm quite a driven individual and um, I remember like back in school I set up like a very very small fashion business like we sold caps and t-shirts and you know it didn't become like the next pretty little thing or anything like that but it paid for me to go on some nice really like really nice holidays when I was like 15 16 years old. Um, I've also done like bespoke digital art for people you know just on the side so like creating kind of things for people, um, for gifts and stuff like that. And obviously, as well as my nine to five now, I, I also freelance on the side. So, yeah, always been kind of obsessed with growing and learning and developing. And, and yeah, always, always a busy person.
0: <laughs> Amazing. And in your current role, what's, what's the scope of the role? I, I, I know you're B2B Marketing Manager at Student Beans, but what does that mean? What does, what does your day-to-day look like?
1: Yeah, of course. Cool. So um, I cover all things B2B social media is like one of the pillars of my role. So across the student beans channels, as well as um, there's a brand that we own called Voxburner, um, which are basically a youth insights agency. Um, so I run all of the social channels for those two brands. Um, but we've also started experimenting now with um, um, kind of like a demand gen approach. So what that means is like utilizing thought leaders within the business from like the C-suite, for example, taking their profiles and positioning them as experts. Um, So that's like a big project that we're doing at the minute. Um, But I also look after events marketing for both our own events. Um, So for example, we host a youth marketing strategy event every year in both London and New York, which I think James, you've been to the London one a few times.
0: Yes, Uh, indeed.
1: Yeah, Um, but I also do third party events. So yeah, literally yesterday, I was just um, at the two day conference Um, which yeah, so very, very varied can be events, can be social media, can be community building. Um, but yeah, it's really varied and really
0: enjoyable. And have you got a mentor? Is there someone that you formally or informally looked up to throughout your career and taken advice from?
1: Yeah, so I guess literally from day one I I joined an agency as an intern, um, literally through in at the deep end, like going in to learn as much as I possibly could. But um, yeah, I've been mentored by I guess a few people like informally um one person to call her out jazz she literally took me from day one as an intern and i still speak to her kind of very often now if i've ever got any kind of like personal development uh, like questions or like growth questions she's like a great person to have and um, i've also been really lucky to like always have had managers that were quite inspirational women as well um so yeah i've always been quite lucky to have that and i think being a mentor or having a mentor is a hugely valuable thing to help with you know development and growth um and yeah we've even got kind of a project at the minute a student means that we've just launched internally um which is like our mentorship program so yeah I've signed up for that right. to become a mentor um but also yeah I think it, it's hugely beneficial I'd recommend it to anyone
0: Brilliant. Nice one. Yes, I find the mentoring I do. I have a role with the Global Academy, but also with Queen Mary's University, where I get to directly mentor a student and I find it incredibly valuable. So, yeah, yeah, it's good. Um, Are you any good at switching off and how do you switch off? Are you one of those annoying people that checks their email on holiday? (laughs) I think
1: um yes and no so I used to be be really bad at switching off um you know I think like a lot of people in digital marketing will have experienced burnout at like one point during their career um I think it's like a problem you know especially working for agencies it's such a fast-paced environment so yeah something that I guess I kind of use um, to my own advantage I guess to kind of force myself to switch off it's like making plans after work so like I'm super into sports so I'll have like cricket on a Tuesday and hockey on a Thursday or whatever um, but yeah I put those things in place to help me kind of like commit to something rather than like sitting at home festering over like my laptop and um, mm-hmm. I think like since COVID, you know, it's been like adjusting to working from home like quite consistently. Like we're a fully remote company at student means. So, you know, it's very, very easy to just don't not realize that it's half five and it's time to clock off and just continue to sit at your desk, you know, in the comfort of your own home. Um, but yeah, I think having those little plans, like whether it's you know, even just like going for a walk, seeing your friend seeing your family, like committing to something, to help you you know actually clock off on time um is something I've like kind of learned has helped me personally to switch off.
0: Great and professionally Harriet what do you think you're known for what do people say about you behind your back?
1: Yeah <laughs> I think it's an interesting one so historically obviously like my previous role agency side you know you get to know who's who within the industry it's quite like a um a well-known kind of yeah quite close-knit community Um, so I think previously it was probably like creative content so I've always loved like trialing out new ideas new formats um, being quite experimental with like different things whether that was you know PR stunts or competitions or campaigns where you reimagine things in different light um, but I guess yeah so creative content but I think also like the process that comes with that so like being able to spark creativity so I used to lead um, like really big ideation workshops with teams. So like trialing out different techniques to kind of get the best ideas out of people um, and being able to use data to spark creativity. So, um, you know, when you've kind of got a seed idea, does data help you justify that idea and bring it to life? Um, So I think, yeah, historically that's what it was, but as I'm now discovering my new love for like B2B um, specifically like demand generation, I think that demand gen approach is something that I'm obsessed with. So Again, like I can kind of go into a bit of like what we use RanGen for. Um, Essentially, Mm -hmm. moving away from, well, not moving away, kind of working hand in hand with lead gen. So, like creating awareness and interest in a company's products or services through, you know, like leveraging multiple channels and strategies. So, rather than focusing on, you know, turning prospects into top leads, which is always going to be important. Um, you've taken a bit more of like an awareness-based approach. Um, So, yeah, that's something that I would, you know, love to be known for in the next few years.
0: Brilliant. Nice answer. And finally, for this section, give us the best piece of advice you've ever been given. Okay.
1: Um, I, I thought this was a tough one, you know. Um, it is
0: a tough one it (laughs) used to be the best piece of advice you've ever been given but you've ignored but not enough (laughs) people would claim that so (laughs) so so we've simplified the question to get to know you
1: yeah nice so my uni tutor told me this back in I'm going to say like 2017 in a one-to-one and it's kind of always stuck with me ever since um but it was basically that you know worrying is kind of wasted time and energy so if you think about the time you spend like festering over something that's kind of a very very natural like thing to do as any kind of individual human um especially you know in the current climate and and with everything that's going on in the world but essentially taking that time that you spend worrying could be spent you know consolidating creating a plan of action implementing that plan and i know it kind of sounds like quite a direct approach but you know if you're able to just pause just for like a minute or two and turn that time that you would have spent you know worrying and festering into kind of a plan to turn things around i think it's helped me anyway to become a lot more like efficient and adaptable um and i think again like i use this in work like all the time but you know it can help as well in personal situations just to have like that mentality of you know let's just pause think about what's going to happen and like create a plan and consolidate so yeah i think i probably i probably live by that quite often
0: so I'm still here with Harriet, Harriet McCulley. She's B2B Marketing Manager at Student Beans. Why don't we get under the skin of Student Beans a bit in this section? Harriet, I think I know about it, and it's been on the periphery. <laughs> tell me, a, tell, give me a beginner's guide. What is Student Beans?
1: Yeah, of course. So we are essentially the world's leading student loyalty network. Um, so to go like back to the beginning, um, Student Beans was founded by two brothers, um, and it got its name after the British student staple of baked beans. Um, yeah. So James and Mike, when they were at uni, um, after they graduated, they, that was their staple diet. And that's how they kind of named, named the brand. Um, but essentially we have kind of a verification technology, which enables brands to essentially ensure that student discounts are available only to verified students. So we have built that kind of technology um, and essentially, in, in recent like months, um, we've also launched something called Beans ID, um, which essentially has allowed us to open up that technology to new closed consumer groups. And now we've got things like um, graduates, healthcare, um, emergency services, military, teachers—kind um, of the list goes on. But now, essentially, brands can open up their kind of student discount offering to not students to lots of other closed consumer groups. Um, so yeah, that's kind of in a nutshell what we do.
0: And what what do students like spending their money on? Who work, Who do you work with? Is it diverse? Is it everybody? Is it boohoo? Is it who <laughs> who, 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 who which, what sorts of brands?
1: Yeah, so we work a lot with um, retail brands and e-commerce brands. So that's kind of like I guess our target audience. Um, okay. But- We have a huge kind of portfolio of brands from like fashion and beauty to um, technology. So, yeah, all kind of brands that fit into, I guess, the retail and e-commerce space. But I guess to go back to your question of like what what students or young people are spending their money on, um, we actually have just kind of got underway with our festive campaign for Student Beans. So um, from the B2B side, that's all about helping brands and educating them on what students want from you know, Christmas and what the trends are, what they're looking to spend their money on. And um, yeah, we basically kind of got some insights together from primary research that showed that, you know, fashion, beauty, and skincare were the top three, um, which kind of were, I guess, quite obvious, you know, that's what you would expect students to kind of spend their money on when they're young and, and stuff like that. But we also found um, health and wellness came top and i think that one for me was quite an interesting one because Mm. showing like the trend that you know gen z are a lot more conscious about living a healthy lifestyle it's now kind of flipping it on its head where we're seeing gen z have like a zero tolerance to drinking alcohol like a lot of like young people nowadays are not not having alcohol they're not partying as much as you know previous generations. Um, And I think as well, they're also kind of prioritizing spending their money on sustainable brands. So sustainability is like a huge win for, for any kind of brand that can nail that in an authentic way, because that's something that Gen Z are really, really passionate about
0: and how does it work do brands stay with you all year round or do they come on for specific months of the year what what happens how how does it work
1: yeah so we have um, a mixture of both really so once a brand is onboarded I guess um yeah it depends on their terms how long they want to promote an offer for or we offer kind of media as well so we'll do like media placements we can do creator campaigns um, so we've got a whole kind of influencer marketing department as well. And um, so, yeah, usually brands will stay with us for a longer period of time. Um, but there are some that come in, you know, during like peak seasons, you know, like Black Friday, Cyber Monday, festive shopping periods, just to kind of really kind of enhance their student offering.
0: I see. And are there any overarching trends other than the ones you've mentioned about health and wellness? But anything else that we should know about the student demographic? Are there Are there, yeah, any key insights?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I think one of the biggest things we found from our Black Friday research was that Gen Z want in real life experiences. And I think the first, I guess, conception that people have of Gen Z is that they're, obsessed with digital they're a digital first demographic um, but from the data that we did collect we can see that students still want to experience things so whether that's you know shopping experiences in store um or anything to do with kind of in real life experiences we're seeing a lot of out of home marketing strategies now which are going down and landing really well with the gen z demographic um I know it does sound kind of on brand for student Beans, but we've also seen that offering student discount is, you know, tried and tested. It's something that students absolutely love and can take advantage of. You know, the cost of living crisis is, is well and truly here and more and more people are looking to save money wherever possible. Um, Again, like there's a couple more points around subcultures. So it's really important to market to subcultures. Now that kind of, essentially relates to the evolution of social media. So we've got like digital creators going extremely viral for like these very, very niche kind of topics or content. Um, And this can then develop into kind of these huge thousands and thousands of subcultures that we're seeing. So as an example, if we think about, for example, Gamer Girl, that was something that was trending a couple of months ago, which was essentially like a subculture of female gamers who breaking the stereotypical mold of you know a male dominated space historically um and if that was for example a market where a brand was operating for example a tech brand you need to be making sure that you're directly talking to that niche subculture or audience and whether you're kind of that's through awareness-based content creator marketing any of those tactics um but seeing them through through to conversion so it's about exploring smaller unique communities um And I guess my final point would be like the biggest tip of the century. You know, this word goes down at every single youth conference that I've been to, but it is authenticity. You know, Gen Z want authentic authentic experiences from brands. They can see right through any kind of disingenuous marketing. So, yeah, you just need to ensure you're always keeping it.
0: Uh, keeping it real nice good good summary so live events niche communities and authenticity that's fascinating the live experiences point is yeah as you say perhaps counterintuitive to what we might think but i can see it somebody a lot cleverer than me, once told me that the shops that make that are the most successful are the ones that need to make the least money. Now, that doesn't mean that all shops don't have to make money, but what it means is live experiences or showrooms or things for people to do are the way forward for retail spaces, and that could be what the future of the high street looks like.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't agree more.
0: Okay, let's go into part three. And part three is going to be your rocket fuel specific examples that our audience can take away into their daily lives. So when we come back, we'll have Harriet McCully from Student Beans' Rocket Fuel. Okay, so I'm still with Harriet. Harriet, big question first for the rocket fuel section of the podcast. What do you know about young audiences? What's the key thing that you think you know about
1: them? Yeah, I guess there's a few, like, initial things that spring to mind. I think, so Gen Z are obviously, you know, they're a generation of digital natives. They have grown up with technology. They've been online their whole lives. Um, And connecting with people across the world based on, you know, their likes and their passions is something that we're seeing every single day. Um, I think one of the key differences between... Gen Z and say millennials or or any other generation is that it's kind of cool to be different so gen z are kind of recognizing the value of individuality and you know celebrating not only their own but other people's quirks so you know a- adapting to that kind of more inclusive way of living and lifestyle that maybe previous generations wouldn't have so i think it's really important to remember you, you know that gen z can't be grouped into one audience there's no kind of one-size-fits-all approach because of, you know, we mentioned earlier, there's so many subcultures and niche interests that, you know, marketing to the student demographic is is a challenge. Um, but it's really important to remember that they, they are probably the most diverse kind of generation yet to date.
0: Great. And... What do you think is important? You've mentioned authenticity, but what do you think is important to young audiences? What's what's gonna be, yeah, important to them?
1: So sustainability is a big one, um, especially when it comes to purchases. You know, Gen Z want to shop with brands that are environmentally friendly. They care more than anything about, you know, the environment and making the world a better place for not only them, but like the futures that come after them. So yeah, sustainability is a huge one. Um, I'd also say diversity, equality and inclusion. So DE&I um, is a huge, huge topic of importance for like young audiences. I had a stat here from, you know, a Voxburner report, which said that 40 percent of American Gen Z want inclusivity in in their brands that they're buying from. So you can see that, you know, that's almost half of. One whole generation that are saying that, you know, inclusivity and, and diversity is extremely important to them, not just for their purchases, but just in their general day-to-day lives. Um, and then, yeah, just to reiterate again, authenticity, you know, Gen Z are distancing themselves from, you know, filtered, perfected lifestyles that kind of were, I guess, you know, idolised by previous generations that everyone wanted to have this kind of perfect life, they wanted to look a certain way. Um, But we've seen, obviously, with the uptake of, you know, apps like Be Real, um, where, you know, the student demographic, the Gen Z audience are celebrating authenticity um, and making sure that they're living their lives kind of more in the moment.
0: What do you think is going to change? What's going to be the big thing that will change how they behave next?
1: Yeah, I think um I think Gen Z are probably quite firm in in the way they are. I think what we probably will see is that they're just going to get stronger and wiser in their passions. You know, the whole the whole I guess idea of building a better world for the future is something they're hugely passionate about. So I think we're going to see a lot more young people coming forward to Essentially, kind of challenge the status quo. Um, I think there'll be, you know, a bigger call to action for inclusivity and equality, um, which for brands, I think, is essentially going to be a non-negotiable. You know, if they want to stay ahead with Gen Z, they're going to have to adapt and change. Um, And I think the final thing on this is obviously maybe relevant beyond Gen Z, but with the cost of living and you know recession lurking, you know, Gen Z are going to really start to tighten their belts um, financially for the next year or so. Um, which I think, you know, resonates with with a lot of people as well, as well as just Gen Z.
0: And you don't have to name names, but when you see different brands talking to Gen Z, who gets it right and who gets it wrong? Are there, are there is there a commonality to those that are doing well at reaching that audience?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So one that comes to mind straight away that's doing it well is Patagonia they're sustainable they're fashionable they are charitable like I don't know what more I can say they're kind of just killing the game when it comes to targeting you know the, the youth demographic the youth marketing um strategies that they put forward um I also think if we look at kind of beauty the beauty industry Sephora comes to mind so okay you know, they're really well loved um and, and well known by young people because they're Essentially, they've got an ability to use their platform to establish change on like bigger issues than just makeup. So um, for example, previously they've used their voice on social media platforms to highlight issues with movements like International Women's Day and the Black Lives Matter movement. And so you can see like going back to the the word of the whole (laughs) podcast authenticity, it's shining through there. They're kind of being as real as they possibly can and, you know, striving for better. Um, They're using their platform that they've built up for for better. I think an example where a brand's maybe got it wrong. Um, I don't know if you remember years ago or a few years ago, there was that Pepsi advert with Kendall
0: Jenner. Um yes, I absolutely do remember <laughs> that Pepsi advert. Yes. Go on, yes. bring it to life for the listeners. Cause it was yes. forgive the term, it was a real shit show, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I think the yeah, that essentially didn't go down well at all with Gen Z. You know, I think Pepsi basically were unintentionally potentially like um trivializing the Black Lives Matter movement um for the benefit of of a brand you know through advertorial you know tv adverts and content um and I think despite like the the meaning behind it showing you know um the effects of protests in in cities and stuff like that but adding in kind of the the pepsi the pepsi can at the end or throughout the the advert it just had a a very sour taste in probably everyone's minds but particularly gen z you know this sort of thing will not sit well with a with a generation that um are so passionate about these sorts of things and you know gen z can actually tear down even huge brands like pepsi when things like this probably don't go the way that that brands have expected
0: If we can find a version of that ad, we'll put it in the show notes so people can link through to it to see what we're talking about because it really is a shocker. Mm -hmm. Um, Harriet, it might just be because my questions haven't been very good and therefore you can take a takeaway from out of what we've already talked about Mm -hmm. or give us one takeaway from the conversation that we've had that you think our audience would like to hear.
1: Yeah, cool. So I think it's been pretty clear throughout this episode, but I think my, my one takeaway is just to be authentic in yourself, you know, not just yourself, but extend that to the brand or the business that you're working for. Um, you know, times are changing from aspiring for perfection and, you know, it's okay to not be perfect in today's world and Gen Z are actually embracing, you know, imperfection. So I'd probably just say, you know, stay true to yourself and be authentic.
0: Brilliant. Harriet, that's a really good note to leave it on. Where can people find out more about Student Beans and where can people find out about you if indeed you want them to find you?
1: (laughs) Yeah, of course. So Student Beans, the B2B side, the website is partner.studentbeans and you can find me on LinkedIn at Harriet McCulley and I would love to connect with as many of you as possible.
0: Brilliant. Harriet, thank you so much for being this week's guest on Rocket Fuel.
1: Thank you so much, James.
0: was Harriet McCulley from Student Beams. And I'm sure you'll agree, it was a great conversation. Um, One of the things that we're really keen to hear about on Rocket Fuel is your feedback. So if you've got any thoughts on guests, any thoughts on uh, any questions that we should be asking, any subjects that you don't think we've covered, then be sure to get in touch. And if I could ask you to give us a five-star rating, or simply to pass on this podcast to somebody that you think would uh, benefit from listening to it, then please, please do so. Um, you can get in touch with us, we are Rockets HQ on Twitter, or you can find me personally at James Erskine on X (formerly Twitter. Tune in next week for another Rocket Fuel. This is Rocket Audio.